Hello there. Good evening. It's bourbonblog.com live. I'm Tom Fisher. What a treat we have tonight because uh, we have Neil Giraldo, rock music legend and founder of Three Chord Bourbon and also a legend in his own right. It's Ari Sussman. He is the whiskey maker at Three Chord. And gentlemen, I want to just say I'm excited to try all these, but from what your team's telling me, we're going to be the first to try your summer uh, release of Whiskey Drummer. That's right. Which, yeah. wow, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have to say, I, I'm, it's the bottle's calling my name. We're gonna save it for last, but um, so it's, tell us, okay. So first of all, what are you, what are you, what are we gonna start with? What are you guys sipping on? Are we, are you sipping here with me? What are we, what are we gonna try first here, Neil? <laughs> are we gonna try our first expression, Ari? Our blend? Yeah, I think. I think we're going to try everything. We're going to try all. I have all five of through it. All right. Let's start. Um, let's start with the blend because uh, that was our first expression. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a thing you're going to notice about all of our whiskeys and bourbons. We use odd numbers. Yeah. And we, hope, we hope that the proof lives in that number world because I, I really don't like even numbers. So it's kind of a little thing. You like, you like odd. Okay. So does the whole odd number thing come from? Music, what does it come from? I honestly don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of funny because the, the company was born on May 16, 2016, which were even numbers. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this all fell into it. But, you know, also when in music, for instance, I would I use different tempos and I always try to swing towards uh, odd numbers. It's just the thing. Amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I've, I've already poured a little bit of this. Let's just go a step back though, because I rushed right in. I wanted to make sure I had whiskey in my glass, and I said, "Let's pour it." But let's just tell everybody to begin with, uh, Ari and Neil. Um, you know what? How did this whole uh, company come about? What is Three Chord Bourbon? Um, how'd you go from? I mean, you've always been a whiskey lover, from music to whiskey. What What happened here? Well, it started when I was six years old when my grandpa Nunzio Ciraldo from Bronte Catania Sicilia came. And uh, he put me on his knee and uh, he used to make whiskey. My grandpa used to make whiskey in his basement. He made whiskey and grappa and wine. And he would give me a little glass and a little sip. And I'd take a little sip and I'd go, oh, Papa, this is <laughs> it just ain't so good. But so I, I just got to say it, it. I have to use him as an excuse for me to, for the love of uh, spirits. And then uh, in May, um, on May 16, 2016, what happened was I was working on a screenplay. I, you know, I'm a songwriter, producer, musician, as you know, Tom. Yep. And, and I wanted to I started writing uh, some screenplays. So I started a, a feature, which was a hybrid type documentary. And it, and it really was about um, a give back program. So when a partner of mine was, we were talking about uh, getting this film going, he said, why don't we get a spirits company to supply some seed money and we can get a trailer made? I says, why don't we start our own company? That was May 16, 2016. He left and I never finished the screenplay, by the way. So I will get to it. I will get to it. It's, you're, you're, you did the whiskey first, then you're going to go back to the screen. Yeah, right? go backwards, you know, like the I Ching. I'm going to work my way back. So, <laughs> you know. And then what I did basically is um, I just I can't believe I, I assembled the team that we have. Uh, the first thing we wanted to find with the record, well, uh, let me, I'm going to try to make this quick because we want to get to the expressions and talk about bourbon. But it's important to know the name 
because the name Three Chord Bourbon, uh, it was very difficult for me to get a name through trademark with my attorney. I kept calling him and he says, no, this name's taken. I had some great names like Legato, Legato. That's just a beautiful word, right? Taken. Every name was taken. He says, you know, the reason why the, the best name hasn't happened is because the best one hasn't happened yet. It will happen. I woke up the next day. I said, three chord bourbon, three chords in the truth. It's got to have integrity and truth to it. I said, three chord bourbon. We were fortunate enough to get it. Nice. Then I'm going to lead over to Ari because search the country. First thing we had to find was a, a, a distiller and a blender and a whiskey maker. I met Ari and Ari knows this because we talk about it a lot. The minute I met him, I shook his hand, gave him a hug. I knew he was the perfect guy, absolutely perfect. His synergy between blending whiskey and making whiskey and music is identical. And I'll leave it as that, and we can start talking about whiskey. <laughs> you knew he was the, the right man. Yes. Good job. Excellent. Perfect. Apps from day one. Yep. Yeah. That's that is great, and uh, and Ari, you're you're doing some uh, some mighty fine whiskey here. I've tried almost all of these now. Um, okay, so uh, that's that's the that's the short version. Maybe we'll we'll dive a little bit in here in a little while to the music. But tell us okay. what we have here on uh, the blended bourbon whiskey. Yeah, so we're starting with with a, a style of whiskey that was really one of the things that that we're into. Uh, we're into music, creativity, history. Uh, tradition, but also being innovative at the same time. And that spirit kind of goes back and forth between music and, and whiskey and the blending house and, and, and the blends that we do. And so what we wanted to do is start with uh, a blended bourbon whiskey, which is an old style of, uh, of whiskey. It was very popular in America for a long while. And so our blended bourbon whiskey is 100% bourbon whiskey. There's nothing else in here aside from bourbon whiskey. Um, and what we did is we uh, we tried whiskeys from many different distilleries, several different states, different regions, and we ended up compiling some really interesting blends. I was mailing them across the country to Neil. He's tasting them, uh, texting me and emailing me his tasting notes, and ultimately we, we came up with an expression, which was our introductory expression. We wanted a whiskey that, that had a, a good bourbon nose um, that wasn't, uh, that was on the on the lighter side or, or mid or, or, or mid size. It's not a light whiskey by any means, but yes. this is not the wood bomb and in the sort of uh, incredibly dense like super Tuscan version of of uh, whiskeys, which we'll try in just a little bit. Good introductory, like a gateway bourbon. It's an right? easy um, hug. We wanted an easy hug, a gentle, gentle. gentle it's it has that creaminess. It has a nice finesse. Mm -hmm. It has complexity, but yet it's approachable. Uh, what it, so if okay so let's just do this this sure. is really a good starter if this was going to be uh if we were doing a set list because we're going to try five right <laughs> what song would you pair with this uh this bourbon neil oh your, it could be yours or someone else's yeah that's a rough question to ask you know why <sighs> Because all of our bourbons are like children. This is important right. to keep our favorite one over the other. So we got to give it a little bit of thought here. Mm, let me come back to that because that is an entry. We want to start off, but we don't want to start off too hard, too fast. We didn't want to go smooth and gently. Uh, it's got to be a Count Basie song or Duke Ellington. It's got to come from that era for sure. Gotta has that Duke. Okay, I like it. Some Duke it's be, it's got to be smooth. It's got to be like this. Just something nice and easy. Uh, 
that. I like it. Just got right. I like I like the pace you set there. I like that, Neil. So you know, sometimes when I'm doing it, hosting a tasting and I'm doing like five or seven different whiskeys, I do kind of think of it as like music. You know, what are we going to start with? What are we going to end with? We don't want to make it too predictable and just always put scotch at the end, but we want to throw some kind of oddballs in there too. Uh, so um, I like it. Duke Ellington's what we start with. Uh, this is good. I, I really like this. This is, uh, again, a blended bourbon whiskey. Uh, do we, can we tell uh, just approximately that the general age is on this, Ari, or is oh, this? Oh, uh, yeah. So we okay. should be very upfront and tell you that transparency is a big deal to us. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're not looking to deceive anyone or BS anyone in any way with this company. What we're doing is we're being honest and, and staying true to these whiskey making traditions. So we have Kentucky bourbon between two and four years old. Nice. And what that Beautiful. provides is a grain forwardness. And to be honest with you, if it's well-made, it's well-made whiskey, it can, it, within a blend, it's not, I don't, not crazy about two to four year old straight bourbon right. by itself, but what it can contribute to a blend in terms of a lightness, smoothness, and graininess, you don't get in older whiskeys. That part of whiskey goes away, right? It becomes obscured by the wood. We wanted to keep that in. So let's be very clear. There's two to four-year-old Kentucky. That's one of the components. Yeah. I think components people forget there's a real beauty to younger whiskeys. I mean, so often, although I'm really excited about the 15-year-old, sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, uh, you know, young that's too young of a whiskey. But there is a real beauty to doing a young whiskey just right, isn't there? The, yeah, or or using using the whiskey in a blend for a purpose. It's not the whole blend. And again, a 15-year-old Kentucky may or may not play well with other whiskeys. Um, but this, but but a, a, a two to four year old Kentucky plays really well in, in, in not massive amounts, but enough amount to, to liven it up. Then in this blend, there's also four to five year old Indi uh, Indiana bourbon, right? Twenty one percent rye, right? And then there's twelve to sixteen year old Tennessee whiskey, Tennessee bourbon. Um, which provides we call it the low end, like the base. Right. right? It provides yeah. these really yeah. nice low notes. Yeah. And then there's a there's the mid palette there. Uh, I think the mid palette really comes from the Indiana components. And then there's this overall lightness, which makes it this is so good in a like a whiskey soda. Oh yeah. Great in cocktails. Whiskey uh, soda. Uh, what else? What else would you all do this? I mean, that's great by itself, of course. But any, yeah. any like cocktails you'll have come up with that you like? Yeah, Neil, we had this in uh, in some make the uh, the three quart bourbon smash. It was amazing. Oh, that's yeah, that way that's really working. That one. Yeah. And to be honest, I love it in a Manhattan if we're using really good ingredients. The real Manhattan. A right? real Manhattan. Real Manhattan. Yeah. yeah how would you make yours? How, do, how would you do the Manhattan with this? I do two parts, three-quart blended bourbon, uh, one part a really good Italian vermouth. Oh, yeah. Or at this point, a California vermouth, which are- Right, there's some good, some really good California vermouths mm -hmm. out there, yeah. yeah. And Italian cherries, of course. We got to put a little Italian in there. We got to make sure we got that. Okay. <laughs> put some of those cherries in. I like how Neil started the story with him being six, and then it just, you know, I like that. That's good. He's, he's always, so, okay, so I got to ask you this. Um, you know, you've always been a whiskey fan. Mm -hmm. um, are there any, with regard to, you know, 
you know, just good, good whiskey rock and roll story. Any anybody that you had a whiskey with in the, in all the world of music you uh, that you've uh, traveled with? Any stories you can tell us that might be fun to hear? The whiskey stories. Well, there's probably oh, most of the great ones I forgot. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you one story that that it. It's it's not a rock and roll story, but it it, it was in a club. And it uh, again, I'm I'll make these things quick. When we first started the company, and I was with Ari, we went to a, a club that Ari knew, and we and the bartender was a fantastic person. He was ready to, to show us a lot of different uh, profiles, so we could talk right. to where we could start. Right. So we went through about sixteen of these little sips. Now. I love bourbon, but I take little sips. These guys, or eight of us or so, seven, and they're taking these big, I don't know how they're, I can't do that. I take little sips, right? So we go through all these. I don't like that one. That's too sweet. Uh, this one's, I don't, like, I don't care for that. This one, the nose, I don't like. We go to the very end, and then we try this bourbon. I take one taste of it. I go, that's it. That's exactly what I want. And it was a her 16-year-old. And oh, that was, wow. When we tried it, Ari just went like this. He went, he goes, oh, why did you have to pour us that one? That's <laughs> so, uh, that's tough, yeah. Good whiskey. He had his work put on. Yeah, the Hurst 16 is a good whiskey. That's yeah. a, that's a, Neil, we'll, we'll get there. We're going to work towards we're, it. We're going to work towards I have an idea of which one you might have. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, the good news is that you, I guess the Hurst 16, you can find, but it's really tough to now. Um it may be tough to find whiskey drummer too, but at least it may be a little more. It's a little easier, um, but not but not easy easy. But okay, so where do you want to go from here? We got we got uh, what well, in your set list? What would be the next one? <laughs> well, we could, we could jump to a rye or the reserve. What do you have there, Ari? Oh, the rye. There you go. Okay, we'll do the rye. The, oh, so great. this is amp. I like the I like the. Uh, Amplifier. I like eye. the amplifier. Eye. I like the name. Went from an acoustic set to electric set right now. We're that's moving. right. I got to make one comment too. That's very important. Well, we say that music <laughs> is a part of our company, and 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 we have the energy between music and blending. This, this, this is important. important to know. We don't play music into the barrels, and this we don't we don't do any of that. We're 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 disruptive in ways that are positive. We we don't we don't try to make it into not that there's anything wrong with that but we just don't do it maybe ari may be listening to music but we're not using music to make the, the whiskey flow in a barrel or any of that we're not doing sure it. sure sure so it's just the ideology of what it's a what great theme yeah, it's a great just, thing you've done yeah and i'm a musician so i don't know much more other than that so <laughs> right but yeah the green of the rye yes yeah, so yeah. yes we love the rye this is good really nice rye what do we have here so Amplify rye is, again, a blend of ryes from different states at different ages. So we've got basically some four-year-old Kentucky and then some five- to six-year-old Indiana rye. Blended together, re uh, they, they're, they're left to marry in a tank for quite a while, four to eight weeks, until when you first blend whiskeys together, if you know, your, you, know, you know your whiskeys, you know what each individual component tastes like. One of the things that we have to be patient about when we blend whiskey is you put them together. If you take a sip of it right away, you might be able to pick out those two whiskeys. Be like, Oh, I get that component from that whiskey. Right. Component from that whiskey. One of the things that we wait for is in, in you just have to nature does its thing. It's kind of still a mystery. Um, 
I wait until we can't like taste the different components till it's really married. And, and I say, I, I don't know if this is one whiskey or three whiskeys. It just, it's cohesive in you and out. You know it's together. Yeah, right, exactly. So that's important. Another thing that's important with rye, for our rye whiskey is, uh, oh, I should say that, first of all, we're jumping from 81 proof in the blended bourbon to 95 proof. Our second so we just went up a bit, didn't we? Yeah. We went up because rye expresses itself, and we're, we love the aroma of rye. Like yes. the rye grain, the flavor of the most flavorful grain used in American whiskey making, maybe all of whiskey making. Right. We love that flavor, and, and again, it can get the nuances of it, the fruit character, the lightness. Yes. Can get dominated by oak in a really brutal way. We wanted to retain a lot of that character. Correct. And when Ari and I first started talking about, excuse me, Ari, uh, so, sorry, Ari, I just thing popping in my head. When we started talking about uh, doing a rye, you know, we we talked about do we want the heavy spice? Do we want a light spice? Do we want a, a fruit on the? What are we going for? And Ari knows, and Ari loves this as well. I, I love cherry. I, I love cherries, and, and if we can get a cherry note from this. I, I like the spice of a rye too, but because it's, it's oh, yeah. a, a balance, you know, I wanted there to have is a that cherry. There, actually, <laughs> there is that little bit of fruit. It has a little of that floral characteristic. It's it's uh, it's nuanced. I mean, as you said, as these came together, they they're, they're very nuanced, and and now you have this one cohesive unit. And I think sometimes people forget just how long the blending, letting those two or three different whiskeys come together can be. I mean, it's a real it's a real art. But you can taste the difference if you know what yeah. you're tasting for. And you taste a blend that was thrown together, or you can even taste whiskeys that were proofed too quickly, right? right? And too close to bottle. Proofing should take place over a period of time, right? And the, and the spirit should be totally stable and rested before it goes in the bottle. People, yeah. especially small distilleries, hurry up these processes that, that shouldn't be hurried. And it comes through in the spirit. And, and we wanted to avoid that. So we're very patient. And we keep yeah. batches going until they're ready to be released. And art is really knowing when to stop. Wow. You know, because, every, you know, I, I'll keep going back to music and to, to the relationship between these two. In music, everybody knows if you're a musician out there and you're in a studio and you start playing or you're mixing a song, you, you want to get it the best it can be. And sometimes you end up mixing and mixing and mixing and mixing and end up going back to the rough mix you had. And that's kind of knowing when art is right. You know, you just have to know. Do you think that in music as well as whiskeys, that can be one of the toughest things is knowing when to just release it to the world? I mean, that's. Well, not so much to the world. Almost. I had a little I have a philosophy of you can't fool yourself. Uh, there's times when I would uh, make a record, record a song and, and mix it. And people would say, well, what do you think? You think it's going to be hit? And I go, you know what? I think it might be a hit. I, I think it may be. Now there's now think now here's another way to describe this. Do you think that's going to be a hit? No doubt. I have no doubt it's going to be a hit. You can't fool yourself into thinking something's going to be a hit. You, you have to really truly believe it. And I know that when Ari says, you know, he sends many samples off for everybody in the team to try. It, it, by the way, not one person makes a decision. It, it's everybody. Right. Everybody makes a decision. And Ari will say, you know, and it will weigh the votes. And usually they all come together as one. So Ari knows when to say, we have it. We have it. Yeah. 
to actually be able to put your finger on it and say, we know this is it. We know it's going to be, um, Neil, when you, I mean, when it comes to music, as you, you know, you listen to many songs before they, uh, they, they hit the shelves before they hit an album. What was there one that you can remember that you like knew out of everything would be a hit? What would be uh, one? Yeah, I did. Uh, I would say, uh, there's two songs. One is, uh, love is a battlefield. The other one is Jesse's girl. Yeah. Both of those songs I knew right away. But truthfully, most of the songs that were, were hits, I I knew. I just knew that they would be. Uh, you know, And other ones I thought would be, eh, maybe they were released. They did not work. They did not work. Big, a biggest surprise of one that you didn't think that would be? Ooh, uh, any, uh, any of those? Hmm. Mm, not really. Not really. You, you know, I know you know your stuff. That's cool. Though. No, no, I love just, both of those songs. Yeah, it's just a thing that happens. It's, it's, it's a thing. The point matters. is, the point is, you can't fool yourself. You can't right. fool your palate. Right. You can have right. different times of the day when you try something, but you can't really fool your palate. You oh yeah, right. Yeah, this is this is delicious. This is uh, this doesn't remind me of other rides too. That's part of what I love about this: the softness, the complexity. It's just very different. So there are, there's a stylistic thing there. Um, this is not, again, just kind of our, our blended bourbon is a riff on an old school version of a, a blended right. bourbon, right? Which is, which is again, uh, smoother, easier drinking, but still has all those bourbon character, characteristics. This is, this is not, in my mind, like uh, can't be like categorized with a lot of contemporary rise, which again, can are very oak dominated and you, you often lose the character of the rye. Um, there was that paper study, uh, that was a paper that was published by the University of Indiana two years ago when they sampled all these whiskey experts and uh, determined that people couldn't identify bourbon mash bills from rye mash bills in whiskeys like over eight years old. And the reason for that was the wood character so dominated everything. Right, yeah. it has too much of the wood. Yeah. Right, right. And people assume that uh, if it's a spicier bourbon, it's probably more ripe. That may or may not be the cause. It might be the type of oak um, or the tannin content of the oak. Uh, but we wanted to make sort of, this is kind of an old school rye. I'm from Detroit and, and, and we find all kinds of old rye in Detroit from bootlegging time. 75% of all the booze that came into the United States came in through like a road down the street. Wow. <laughs> in, in, I would say go if, if you have the opportunity to taste some dusty bottles, some some yes. old like 1930s uh, rye whiskeys. Taste it next to this because I think that you'll find that in terms of its character, uh, both in terms of like the, the flavors that you're getting, but also the mouthfeel and viscosity, the dryness. Right. This is like kind of there are there's a lot more similarities between amplify rye and prohibition era rye than there are between you know most contemporary rise in, in any rise of the past. That's uh, interesting. So that was part of the goal with this was to was to go back to the rye, the roots of rye. There, there was there was to put make essentially a rye forward rye. Right. Yeah. Respect tradition. We 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 as a company want to respect tradition, mm -hmm. but we also want to enable the disruptive part of a, a, like we keep saying in a positive sense. We want to move forward. We want to be right. We want to be now. We're living in the moment, but you can't forget the past. Yeah. As in music, if you want to write a song and you never listen to 
a Bob Dylan and you never listen to Hank Williams and you never listen back further and further and further, you wouldn't get there. You just can't get there. So mm -hmm. we, we as a company respect the tradition. So. You're going back to that in, in, in some ways that others haven't, which I love. That's great. You know, it's suggestive if you like rye whiskey cocktails, if you like the classic rye whiskey cocktails from, you know, the old cocktail books, try it with Amplify Rye because the cocktail that you'll be drinking, if you're drinking a recipe from an old book, that cocktail is going to probably be more similar to what the author of that book described or was thinking about than, than uh, sort of the contemporary style of rye, which is quite different. Right. No, I love that. Uh, this it is really unique rye. The floral, the different characteristics. I get on it. I don't. I don't think I've had just all those on one rye before, and I really like this. All right, you, uh, strange collaboration. Would that be a good, good, good up next here? Uh, I like the name too. Strange collaboration. It, again, it's like the set list, the kind of oddball we put in there, but yeah. uh, deliciously done. I've been sipping on, as you see, the last few days. This Pinot Noir barrel, this is this is really something interesting. Yeah, well, here's the story. If you're ready to hear the story of Strange yeah. Collaboration. So my daughter, my youngest daughter, was dating a boy named Johnny Strange. And uh, he was a climber. And he was the youngest uh, young man to climb all seven summits. And he, he was on the Johnny Carson show, which was the Jay Leno show at the time. And he did a lot of press and things like this. So he would call me from base camp all the time and say, sir, you got to come with me. You got to do this one day. I says, listen, I climbed enough mountains in my life. I don't need to do more mountain climbing. I'm not going to do it. Okay? So also he, he, he was a thrill seeker. And he was a great young man. Uh, we got along so well. I was almost like a surrogate father to him. I, I really loved this young man. And he was a flyer. And he uh, did a lot of uh, little wing. He was a wing flyer, you know. And uh, he had a tragic event and caught a wind, uh, the, wrong, the, wrong, the wrong wind. And uh, he, he, he didn't make it. And he died tragically. Oh, wow. And um, his father, his name is Brian Strange. So I hadn't seen him for a while. And I was in a restaurant and he bumped into me and we hugged each other. And we both shed tears together. And he told me that he had a winery called Strange Family Vineyard. And it's 100% oh, wow. I says, well, I started a spirits company, a bourbon company. What do you think about putting our bourbon into your Pinot barrels? Oh, wow. Said, he says it's a done deal. So here's part of our, our 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 messaging that we have. It's very important for people to understand this. We started this company with a give back program, a music ambassadorship program. It's very important. It's very dear to me and everybody that works in the company. It's it's the benefits to help all those musicians and people, all those workers, those players that work so hard to make a living. Right. So so I'll go back to what happened with Johnny Strange. So his winery is 100% nonprofit. So I told him, we do this project together. We will, proceeds for our bourbon, we will put to the Johnny Strange Foundation. So if you go to the Johnny Strange Foundation, you can read all about it, but uh, that's that's the story behind Strange Collaboration. What a, what a, what a great story. I mean, it obviously sad, but I mean, what you, how you came back together and, and did this collaboration with his wines. Uh, I wanna pop that up there. Johnny Strange Foundation, do you know what the, um the address is. I want to um, 
think it's just the John, I think it's Johnny Strange just, Foundation. Yeah, just the, go to the Johnny Strange Foundation. They do something very special there. Uh, the Pinot Noir. I mean, uh, we do see a lot of like cab finishes, Grenache, but I've not seen too many Pinot Noir finishes. I mean, this is something that's I haven't seen too much of. It, it's a unique style, and yeah, it is. I, I like it. By, um, th this is ninety nine proof, so we're not going down yeah. in proof. We're going up so in proof, nice. and and this one you can feel <laughs> it, it can warm you up a little bit. And what we were looking to do, like, you see a lot of sherries, you see a lot of ports, and you see a lot of cabs uh, with with uh, wine finished whiskeys. You don't see a lot of Pinot because Pinot Noir is a delicate, you know, it's not an overwhelming grape. It has a lot of subtlety to it. Uh, and we just wanted to, like, hit some of those aromatics that you get from a Pinot um, and a little bit of that, like, slightly acidic mouthfeel or, a, like, acidic taste in your palate. And... Uh, it turns out that this is my favorite one to make. Yeah, there's there's not many people that have tried this that didn't want to have a bottle of it. I play golf yeah, every so Friday. Good. Oh, I'm going to see the guy Friday. I told him I'd bring him a bottle. Oh, I'm not, but I'm at my different place. I can't bring him. But every time I, I I let people try this, they say, I need to have a bottle. I got to have yes. it. I mean, it's – and you know the best part about it to me? It, it's such a spiritual connection between – uh, Brian Strange and myself and the, and the Strange family. It, it's just such a beautiful, you know, it's just such a beautiful spiritual connection that is, that, that is real, you know, and it's about integrity. And, and I'll tell you, when he tried it, he was speechless. Mm. He started to have a tear come down. He just couldn't believe how, how great it was and he was part of it. So it's just, it, it means a lot to us. That is, that is amazing. And again, the winery is based in Northern California. Northern California. I bet the wines are really good too. Really good. Yeah. He's yeah. got they, they have a huge selection. So many different varieties. It's varietals. It's it's amazing. There's there's kind of a nice candy note about this too. I mean, some some of the red wine finishes you get that where there's tannins and it's cocktail-esque, but there's this beautiful kind of a, a candy note. It's uh it's sort of like Fudgy in a way, but sort of candied. I mean, there's a lot going on on this. It's funky stuff going on in those yeah, pinot it's barrels. Yeah, good. Pinot barrels are like active vessels. Right. Or at least the pinot barrels that they use are active vessels. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're not these stagnant, you know, drums that are just holding the liquid. They, when we get sent barrels, there's a little bit of pinot in there, but the wood still has a lot of action left in it. Yeah. This is, yep. this is something very special, and and thank you for doing something so special. I mean, there's so many great wine finishes, but uh, Pinot Noir bourbon, I don't know if I've had one before, and this is so, so good. So uh, great by itself. Thank I you. bet this could be a good cocktail, too. I mean, if you layered this just right, have you played with that at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been uh, as part of the R&D process was it had to be tested thoroughly, exhaustively in a range of cocktails, both uh, traditional cocktails, classic cocktails and, and modern. And yeah, I love I love it neat so much that I, I can't have anything come near it. <laughs> I just have to have it neat. I just love it so much. I don't know. It's it's just great. I mean, the idea that that Brian Strain, a strange family vineyard, is one hundred percent nonprofit is is really really special. That's really that a thing. It really is. That is uh, that is incredible. And again, that's the strange collaboration. It is um, 
It's the bourbon finished in used Pinot. About how long do you finish it for? So again, it depends. This, right. this is, there's this uh, very prominent concept that you can set a timer and, and when the timer goes ding, the job is done. And at least from our experience with these Pinot Noir barrels, they don't play by those rules. No, they um, don't. So these can, it depends on the barrel. If it's a first year, if it's a fresh, very fresh barrel, maybe it's been used once or twice for Pinot, uh, we'll get a total extraction, or at least an extraction that we want in, in two months. If it's a little bit of an older barrel, it could take six or seven months. We had uh, some barrels going for over a year, and they were just um, slowly developing. So it, it depends. It's a variety, and that's part of the beauty of, of it's. Some of it's a little bit, some of it's a lot. Um, I'm going to put your website up there, threechordbourbon.com, for uh, everybody who's watching now. A lot of you all watched on Twitter, YouTube, and uh, Facebook. Definitely follow us if you haven't already, and make sure you check out uh, everything Three Chord Bourbon is doing. So many interesting whiskey releases. And you're in like, you're in tons of states, right? You're in a lot of places. We're growing fast. Yeah, I think I think we're, if I'm not mistaken, we're 31 states as of June yeah. 1st, would that be? Yeah. I think it's around 31 states, maybe. And, and the idea is to be everywhere, obviously, but we're actually have to we have to put a little bit of a break on a poor Ari. <laughs> we got him working so hard. <laughs> he never leaves the distillery. Yeah, our, our production is lined up, and we're going to have a, we're going to continue to be opening up new states wow. uh, over the next couple months, and, and we're actually going to have a couple new releases of spirits, which we can talk about later in in the next couple months to, to help fill some of that demand. That is that's really exciting, and you. Mm -hmm. um, you have kind of a unique concept with your distillery you were mentioning uh, before the interview. I'm going to go ahead and pour a little of the 12-year-old, but uh, or the 12-bar reserve, as you tell us. But yep. tell us what that is, because I know you're doing something very uh, very unique there. Uh, Neil, you want to talk about where the name came from for 12-bar? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's an bar. even number, but you have to somehow use somehow an even number in, in some parts of this thing. Well, you know, you know, we like the three chord. We try to teach a little bit about music, what we're doing. I mean, because that's actually the only thing I really know. I'm, I'm a virgin when it comes to whiskey making and whiskey here. And Ari, I, I learned something new every day from him. But the three chord progression is really the basis, a fundamental of the blues. One, five, four and has resolution to it. And it, you really, it, it, you could write a song with three chords. And if you could write a song with three chords, you, you're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's where integrity, three, the, the three chords and the truth that was determined, um, you know, by Harlan. Oh, geez, I can't remember the first one. Ah, but it was a, it's a great quote and it, it really is special. And it, that's really the truth. So, and just remember it's three chord bourbon, not three chords. Sometimes people, yes, on the chord. Three chord. Three chord bourbon, yeah. So twelve bars, just a twelve bar phrase that has a resolution one five four. And we were coming up. We wanted to come up with a name with it as twelve year bourbon. So we decided twelve year, twelve bar. It's yeah. It's not so easy to find twelve year old bourbon anymore. I mean, this is something just so special to have twelve year old bourbon. I mean, that's this was really good. interesting for us, right? In, in the, the, the twelve bar pattern, the form of twelve bars, and using those three chords over the 12 bars. This is like a major contribution of the United States to the world. This is this is the blues form, which is the rock and roll form, which is, you know, in our mind, this is like when 
when we in the U.S. created the 12 bar form with three chords, we made the world a better place. Um, and it's so elemental, right? It's so elemental and so like uh, you have these very simple restrictions and you can have an infinite amount of style inside of the 12 bar blues progression. What we wanted to do with 12 bar reserve yeah. was do something elemental. And we had done a couple of whiskeys, which were all kind of pushing the bounds. And at some point, you say, okay, what you're doing is cool, it's innovative, it has great stories behind it, we love the whiskeys. But make a whiskey that's kind of like, on, very much like what's happening right now. But make a different form, make an innovative form of where the whiskey palette is right now. And so we selected a blend of 12 year old, at least, whiskeys from Tennessee and Kentucky. Okay. Which again, we, we married together and let rest for a good long while. And the goal was you know, put this whiskey up against any contemporary whiskey and, and, and see how it fares. And we've been really fortunate so far uh, with, the, with the response that it's gotten. It's been very encouraging to us that even though we like to, we, we do like to push the envelope and think about old styles of whiskey, we also need to be contemporary. And, 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 and not just contemporary, I'm not sure how many companies are conscientiously blending Tennessee and Kentucky premium aged super mature stock, right? Yeah. Um, but this is our version of, of, of a contemporary bourbon. And again, from our blending concept. You know, and I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back yes. to music a little bit on this thing as well. And, and I knew I had Harlan at the right name for three chords, Harlan Howard. And I was almost going to say how uh, Howard Harlan, but you know that's because I can't. I can't focus at all these days. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I'm living in this giant cloud here. It's driving me nuts. But anyway, uh, I see. I forgot what I was even going to say. But the heck was Harlan, the three chord. Uh, three chord of the truth. No, no, I got that. I was, I was trying to get back to the room. I can't, I can't remember what I'm saying. The whiskey's just, it's just so good. I mean, when the whiskey's this good, it's just, uh, you know, that's, it's, it, this is like so much barrel. It has a lot of great backbone, but not too much barrel, right? I mean, the balance is there. It's not over oaked. All of these are just really well balanced. We they took really this are. one kind of to the point where it wanted to go, and then we pulled it. We didn't yeah. want it to go over that line of over extracted, kind of bitter. We, we wanted it big. This is wall of sound big. This is Bill yes. Spector big. I think we'll this there you go. There you go. The, right. the, the reference to music, what I was going to suggest, part of this this positive disruptive. In in music, I, I believe when you when you're creating music, you really have to be brave and you have to be fearless. And you can't you can't be afraid of anything. You know, when you write a song, if you're going to co-write a song with someone, you're opening up your your whole self to them. In other words, just like Ari, when he's doing a blend, it's really personal to him. If he thinks something's really great and he gives it to you and we say, ah, you know, it's not quite right. He's got to be able to pull back and say, okay, let's see how I can make that better. Same with songwriting. You're right. When you're working with another person, you have to say everything that's on your mind. you got to give it everything you have and you can't be afraid. You know, I would go in the studio sometimes. I would be so fearless. I remember had, I had a sound truck, a remote truck, and I, I had this song and I told the band, I just gave them chord changes and they never heard the demo. I says, okay, let's play it. And they, they thought it was crazy, but it didn't really work out too well, but it was a pretty good idea. So, but the whole point I'm trying to make is you can't be afraid. 
You know, and don't, you know, we, we respect tradition. We keep going back to it, but you can't be afraid. And Ari's not afraid. And we work as a team and we love our team. You're doing, you're doing great work. You're rocking it out. I mean, these are all such solid whiskeys. And um, that 12 year, I mean, that's something so special. What you've put together there, uh, it has the age. It has those great characteristics of a good age, but not too much of them. And that's what I, you know, that's what I'm liking about all of your, uh, and it's all at 107 proof, so it's definitely yeah. This is up there. This is uh, it drinks a tiny bit lower, but it you yeah. can tell there's proof. I mean, it goes maybe to me this drinks closer to like 95, but it still has the warmth. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't drink like 107. I mean, it drinks a lot lower, even for a 12 year old, right? Yeah, I mean, this is it, not. And, and so part of that has to do with the blending tank. So you can finish whiskeys after, when you marry them. You can finish them and you can put them back in a barrel, hit the bung back in, right? And let them just chill. One of the things that we do like to do is we'll put the whiskeys in a stainless steel container, open top, put a fan on top and sort of blow air gently across the top of the blending tank. And that's not really gonna bring down the proof. It might bring down the proof one or, one or two points just because of evaporation. But what it's gonna do is it will blow off a lot of the more volatile compounds which make you feel like something is maybe hotter than it is. And so just by kind of aerating it and letting the more volatile components blow off, it drinks, even at a high proof, it drinks a lot smoother. Excellent. All right, to go back to the, uh, the music theme, I mean, it's whiskey and music here on Bourbon Blog Live. And make sure you uh, share this video like this. And uh, we're also going to put the audio up on our podcast. So if you're not already there, uh, make sure you get on our podcast, too, because we always have a lot of fun uh, with everything we do. Our podcast is right there, anchor.fm forward slash bourbon blog. And uh, we're going to taste this last one in a moment. But, uh, you know, Neil, obviously, uh, so much, so many great works you've done. I mean, the number of uh, musicians you've worked with, all the great work you've done with uh, Pat. I mean, you know, we're, we're big fans of what you've done. Um, Thank you, Tom. Yes, absolutely. And so many great comments, too. People are such fans here, and we, we, we love that we can be with you all and taste some great whiskey. You know, one of the things I, I, I enjoy doing you know, when it comes to looking at what um, musicians, uh, you know, rock stars have sipped on is looking at, and I don't always know if they're, if they're legit. You know, you go on the smoking gun, you see some of these writers, right, that, you know, the Rolling Stones have always wanted uh, – to have some Jack at their concerts. And, you know, is there, as far as you know, as far as, you know, the backstage experiences you've done, musicians you've worked with, who do you think's had the best rider when it comes to whiskey? And I hope that some of the musicians will be having your three-chord bourbon now. I, I bet they will. I, I, hope, I hope so. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, honestly, I, I I don't see, I wouldn't see that much whiskey backstage. <laughs> I really don't. It'd be I, for after the show, right? Usually. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, truthfully, every time I'd hit the stage, I would never have anything to drink. Right. I, sometimes I would take like a, 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 like a very, very light beer, put a lot of ice in it, put some lemon in it, just to have some carbonation or something. But I would never really drink anything. And afterwards, right. I'd, I'd have. But we're, we're about, uh, our company's about having conversation. Like bourbon really is a conversation. You know, just like you just just like when you a song has conversation, it's a it's a it's a three and a half minute story. Yes. Of someone's 50 year old life, maybe. Right. So 
That's, but you know what's funny about uh, writers I, is that when we first started, when I, well, when I started, you know, almost 40 years ago, hand sanitizer wasn't like a real big deal, right? <laughs> it didn't happen. But I always used hand sand sanitizers from the day it came out. Wow. And I always had it. So when COVID hit, all my friends and buddies and they couldn't get it, I still had it in my wardrobe. I you were so ahead of the game. Uh, yeah. So that was the kind of because I would always I would always use it. If I if my guitar tech sneezed, I'd say, come here, come here, come here, put it on. You know, that's so that's the closest thing I got to alcohol <laughs> in a writer, truthfully. So I like it. I like it. Well, I, something tells me if you know if I was gonna have I'm not gonna sing for y'all, of course, but if I was uh if I was gonna, you know, request something backstage, I mean this would truly this is this is such incredible. Uh, whiskey. This is a 15-year-old. You call it the whiskey drummer. Now we pretty much have stayed on amplify the three chord. Mm -hmm. How did this name come about? The whiskey drummer. Well, this one's a good one. This one's a really good one. Yeah. Because I was in a place called Rarities at the Lot Palace in New York City, and I was with one of our 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 guys, Tony DeYoung. I call him Professor Tony. And Professor Tony knows just about everything in the world about uh, spirits industry, you know, and uh, I'm just so grateful we have him, too. You know, he just got a fantastic team. So we were talking and he he mentioned uh, what a whiskey drummer was. And I, I never knew what a whiskey drummer was. But the whiskey drummer would bang the drum when now you were allowed to drink whiskey in America. Prohibition. Oh, right, right. So you're banging the drum, and he became a whiskey drummer. So not only that is that businessmen that were selling whiskey were whiskey drummers trying to drum up business. So as he's telling me the story, I'm going, wait a minute. You mean there's no whiskey anywhere called whiskey drummer? And he says, no. I call my attorney the next day. I says, we need that name. So, oh, I can almost show you. Oh, I don't have it here. Um, so... Whiskey drummer, what I have, I have great friends in the music business. So I have a good friend. I, I use my guitar czar out of uh, New York, uh, Long Island, at Diodario, and his name is Rob Cunningham. So part of Evans Drumheads, which are part of Diodario, I said, could you make me the drumhead skin and do our logo on it, three uh, whiskey drummer? He said yes. So now I have a lot of drumheads that I'm going to get all the great drummers in America, people that I've worked with, people that I didn't work with, all the great ones to sign it, five of these, and then I'm going to auction them off, 100% nonprofit. Nice. 100% going to, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do, our music ambassadorship program attached to that, but it's going to go 100% nonprofit, volunteer nonprofit, by the way, so. Nice, nice, and and that will. Where can we find out about this? When will it happen? Will it? Well, hopefully by this year, like November. At okay. The end of the year. Cool. Hopefully, that's that's if the country indeed opens up, and I'm able sure, to sure. reach all the people I need to reach. If I can't, I will do it for the following year in the fall. Nice. Because I want to get as many signatures as I can on this. Because that it, is such a really great special idea. I it, love it, that. If, if folks follow us on, on social media, yeah, get yeah, you follow on freeportsbourbon.com, right. all the social media, and as mm -hmm. you all learn, we'll, we'll pass it on to uh, our subscribers. And just as I'm nosing this, opening it, I mean, this is this is that. I mean, 
again, we even said 12-year-old. That's really when I started Bourbon Blog 10, 15 years ago, 12-year-old we could find. Even 12 is old, 15-year-old. This is something so unique. Uh, and we really appreciate you all uh, letting us be the first to review this uh, whiskey drummer from summer 2021 with you all live for the first time. This is something so special. Uh, tell us about this. How did you, how'd you come up with, uh, you know, track, you know, how'd you track down a 15 year old like this? All right. This is uh, yeah. very special. <laughs> so after 12 bar came out and we started to get quite a few emails from people across the industry who said, hold on, this is kind of a special thing. Um, started developing relationships with people who own stocks of old whiskey who wanted to do something special with it, who wanted it to go to something that they believed in. And after running through our, uh, our portfolio, our family of products, uh, I said, well, just so you know, we do have access to something. It gave us a little sample of it. I said, would you be interested in it, either including this in one of your blends or releasing it as a product. Does this fit your vision? Neil tried it. I tried it. A bunch of members of the team tried it. We said, we generally think that whiskeys can be improved by blending in some way. There's very few whiskeys that are totally perfect and wonderful or couldn't ever be improved if they were blended with another whiskey of another age from a different distillery, right? This is the blending philosophy is right. take something that's good and make it better if you can, right? Or make it more interesting and just make it harmonious and balanced, right? And usually when we taste a whiskey, we say, this is really good, but maybe the aroma could be more interesting and that's how our blend starts. It happens every once in a while that we find a whiskey that's so interesting and good that yes, we retain some of it for blending for projects, but we just have to, put it out there in the world and let people experience what we've experienced. And that's how Whiskey Drummer came to be. It's This is really divine. I mean, this is something so special. It has that age. It has that barrel. Those sugars are there. It has the finesse uh, that we want to see on an older whiskey, but not like too much of it. And, and again, we've gone up in proof, haven't we? This is 113.9 <laughs> proof. Yes. We there's a trend. <laughs> we, we, we built up in, in that set list. I, I know I asked you in the beginning, Neil, uh, for that first song. What would this last song be if you were going to do a like uh, pairing for the, for the whiskey drummer? What would you pair it with? Well, see, now here's the thing, because you want to end on a really high note, but at the same time, you want to make people come back for more. So you make sure you can't give them everything, right? But you got to hit them hard. But you can't give them everything. So how would you end end the set? Well, let's see. With the heart, other 113.9, I feel like I have everything, but I understand. <laughs> no, 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 you gotta you gotta go into your car, or if you walked or took a train or a bus, right, you gotta right. be going. I wish they one one more song, that last one song. more song, right? One right. more song, yeah. yeah. So I'll just leave everybody guessing on that because I don't I don't even know what that would be, but it's <laughs> there's so many great ones. I would say something by Lightning Hopkins Hopkins because he's just oh, a great yeah. world to me. Yeah, uh, Muddy Waters or John Lee Hooker who could do a great version of, uh, of Barrett Strong's uh, Money. 
That's what I want and not do the chord change and only play it with one chord. If you want to experience something really fantastic, listen to John Lee Hooker do Barrett Strong's um, Money. That's what I want. It's pretty darn good. <laughs> I like it. So I, I so after this, I got to listen to that. Yep. Try it with this. This is so delicious. Very limited. This is this yeah. is one of those you really have to look for, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the nature this of that rare, rare release. It's a rare yeah. release. It's a rare seasonal right. release. So this is our yeah. summer 2021 whiskey drummer release. There may be whiskey drummer releases in the future. We're going to leave that open. This is so good. Yeah. And much more. Much more we're going yeah. to. The, 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 the vision of uh, Steel Bending Spirits and Three Chord Bourbon was to not stop with one expression, to right. be a, a multi-expression uh, company. We want to keep, we're going to keep making whiskey. That's what we want. It, let me just chime in and say, you know, Neil uh, could easily be a person that rests on his laurels, right? He's achieved amazing things by using his creativity and work ethic. This is like, this is amazing. He doesn't have to do things, but he's always pushing. He's a, a creative force and it's, it's it, you, you just heard it. We need to keep on going. We need to continue this journey. This is a guy who's not content to stop. I know somebody else that's just like that too. I think his name is Ari Zussman. <laughs> Ari's insane. Ari's phenomenal. We'll we'll get off a phone call and he'll call me back and say, "I have another idea." And and it, it, it's beautiful because every idea he's got is just fantastic. He's a creative force, and and I, I love the spirit that he has. He's just so energized and so excited. You know, instruments. And here's one thing we're gonna do one day, Ari. Yeah, we're gonna make. Tom, this is for you. It's okay, I'm ready. Let say it. We are going to make a great, great drink. Go ahead, grappa. Yes. Oh wow, that'll be nice. Talk about talk about, and we love bourbon. We love whiskey, but talk about a spirit that is so primed, like a real agricultural product from a region that is yes. so primed for an elevated expression. Talk like we, yeah. So we got all this kinds. Is what, of this is how we think. You're looking towards. So you love the, of course, you love the bourbons, the whiskeys, but you're looking well, towards other things. Which I think that's it's is Grappa going to be the next thing then for you all? No, it's no not the next thing. No, 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 not the next thing. Yeah. So someday, I, I just I tease the team a lot, and and you know, people in the in the company they get kind of mad with me because I I come up with crazy ideas, and Ari really supports those crazy ideas. So they they kind of say, stay in the lane. We're a whiskey maker. Don't be going. I says, well, I, I know, but maybe one day we'll see. But I, I I did hear, and I think I can ask you about this because uh, Michael was telling me a little bit about. Something special you're doing with rye? Are you able to talk about that a little bit? Uh, all kinds of things. So, okay, what we're we love rye, right? If you're if you're, in, if you're into if you're if you're into American whiskey, yes, rye is it's something you can really dive into. And we're living in a period right now where a lot of the innovation in whiskey is happening in the rye category. Yes. Yeah. Right. Bourbon is a little bit homogenous sometimes, right? We're looking for people to tell unique stories and do unique expressions with bourbon. Rye, on the other hand, whether it's production techniques like new stills, uh, whether it's uh, older styles of rye or rye that's even coming in from other countries, which can be really, really interesting. Right. 
Um, and, and something that's that's near and dear to, to me and, and, and to Three Chord is uh, looking at varietals of rye. Uh, earlier we tried uh, uh, a whiskey finished in a Pinot Noir barrel and the idea that whiskey producers, whiskey consumers, whiskey companies never talk about varietals. Imagine a winemaker being like, try my wine. Someone being like, is it made with a Merlot or a Pinot Noir? Right. And I don't know. <laughs> like, but that happens every day in whiskey. So we're very interested in the differences that different varietals can play in flavor production. Even within the category of rye, just the type of rye. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. There's there's no reason that Wheeler rye should taste like Rosen rye and that Rosen rye should yeah, uh, taste like Danko rye. Right. right. There's, there's, there's variety going on there. Just like Bloody Butcher corn doesn't taste like yellow dent number two. Yes. And I love the fact that's happened. But we uh, no. So and, and again, we think about corn, rye. We, there's so many different categories. I think as the whiskey enthusiasts and consumers have become more educated, more excited, they've they've become more curious about this. And so have you. And, and these are questions that distillers should be able to answer. What's in right. the spirit? And so uh, one of the things that we're so excited that we're doing right now is we're um, we're a, we're a blending house. We're primarily a blending house. Uh, Occasionally, we release single-source whiskeys like whiskey, like whiskey drummer that are not blended. Uh, but we are putting down at five different distilleries across the country many, many barrels of unique mash bills, unique mash, uh, unique yeast strings, and we're putting down many barrels. And so, what we're going to see coming out of three chord, what everyone's going to see coming out of three chord in the years to come, are blends of whiskeys made with components that were special that were designed by us for our blends coming from different distilleries, coming off of different stills. Um, and one thing that we were at Bard, and, and we're very, again, transparent. We were at Bardstown Bourbon Company, yeah. one of our distilling partners. Yeah. Uh, not too long ago, Neil and I were hanging out uh, with Steve Neely. There to yeah, they, he does a great job. I mean, oh, they're great. what an amazing time that was. And uh, coming up, we're really excited to have the first whiskey come off of the new skillet distill at Jackson Purchase in Kentucky, which is an identical still, 100% copper to the still, uh, the Stitzel Weller still. It's the same still. And we're, we couldn't be more thrilled that the first whiskey to come off of the Jackson Purchase still is gonna be going into barrels that say three quart. Nice. Yeah. We're Congratulations on that. And on everything you're doing, I know you're working on so many unique experiments, so many things coming. Uh, right now, 31 states. Uh, the uh, whiskey drummer is fairly limited, but you should be able to, and hopefully you'll find one if you really want it. Uh, but look for all of these, right, at threecorebourbon.com. Uh, more states coming on the map soon, too, too right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're 31, but I can't, can't, I can't guarantee it. Michael probably could follow up with that to make sure, absolutely sure. What there are some states where we're waiting for a piece of paper to arrive. Right. That's 90% of Correct. So you've we're grown it so well. I mean, you've you've done some amazing whiskeys, uh, the, the blends, the the picks you've done, what you're doing at the distillery. Uh, I can't wait to get up there uh, in in Michigan and see you guys. Um, I'll come up soon. I really will. I, I would love to see you guys and have a sip with you in person. 
Yeah, you're welcome anytime, Tom. And by the way, I, I, if you could record with your excellent smooth voice from my phone, so I will. Yeah, because I, I think what, I what, I, I'll do that for you. What do you want me to say? Say you've reached this goofball, Neil Geraldo. <laughs> if you want to leave a message, you know, hey, Dan's come to the phone right now. Yeah, he's, he's just a maniac. <laughs> this this show, you can have your daytime voicemail, and I can be like the nighttime outgoing <laughs> voicemail. <laughs> I'll be like the fifth, not the fifteen-year-old, a little older than that, but the deeper one, right? Yeah, the deeper one. Well, here's the here's the thing that you can think about. I get up very early every morning, mm -hmm. and I go to sleep relatively late. Right. So what I do is I have two nights in every day. So think about that. Oh, I like it. Two See, nights so you every can just day. do one voice. You don't need to do two because I have two nights in every day. Just give me the night voice. So I, I, I like. I feel like that the the two nights in one day could even be a name of a whiskey. Ooh. It could be. Yeah, a little, a little deeper, a little, little something like double done. I don't know. Yeah, hey, anytime okay. I can do a voice for you, just let me know. I will be happy to do a voiceover for you anytime. I, I still do those on occasion. After enough whiskey, I'm, I'm sure you can imagine, after enough 113.9 proof, hopefully it only improves. I don't know, though. It may. <laughs> nice. I'm sure it will. <laughs> you don't need improvement. It's already a work of art. I appreciate it. You guys, yeah. you guys are so much fun. You're so talented. You're doing so much great work. Um, and it, obviously, check these out. Anything else we want to talk about? Tease forward to uh, that's coming up for you all. I, I want to say one thing, if I if I might. Sure, sure. Which is which is Tom for for guys like me who have been yeah. in the industry for you know 15 years or so. Uh, your blog and the work that you've done and the interviews that you've done have been a great source of information for people Thank like you. me. So thank you very much for doing what you've thank done you. because you've made the whiskey world a better place. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I give all the credit, the three court to the team. Not yes. to me. I got a well fantastic done. team. And people like you, Top, truthfully, when you talk to people that actually know what they're doing and, and can appreciate it, you're doing exactly what the bourbon whiskey world is about. Engaging in conversation, not being stiff, enjoying, relaxing, making mistakes, having fun, being human. This is really what bourbon is about. Have a conversation. Enjoy life. That's it. Have a good time. Thank here. you. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for being here. This has been so much fun to try all of these with you all. Uh, the, the flavors are so deep, so amazing. Again, everybody watching, 3CoreBourbon.com. Follow them on all their social media. And make sure you take this video and just share the hell out of it everywhere. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, retweet. We want everybody to know about this great whiskey. Thanks, Cheers, Tom. guys. Thank you all Appreciate so much. It means a Thanks lot for having us. It was Thanks, an honor. Guys. Thank you. Cheers. Have a good Take night. Care. Thank all you right. all so much. So Appreciate it. Guys.